0: Please rise with me on this beautiful sunny day for our call to worship. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. For his his steadfast love love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders.
1: For his steadfast love endures
0: forever. To him who by understanding made the heavens.
1: For his steadfast love endures forever.
0: To him who spread out the earth above the waters,
1: yes. for his steadfast love endures
0: forever. To him who made the great lights, for his steadfast love endures forever. The sun to rule over the day, yes. for his steadfast love endures forever. The moon and stars to rule over the night. For his steadfast love endures forever. God, we acknowledge that you are the creator of all things. We can never even imagine the power and majesty that you show that in the creation of this universe. And God, as we open Your Word and as we move through to to celebrate Your creation, as we worship You today, we ask that You help us, Lord. Help us to to do so in a way that brings You glory and brings You honor. God, thank You for being a wonderful God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, for our call to worship, if you want to turn to Psalm to 347, I sing the mighty power of God. This is a repeat from last week. I would consider this a new one. I have never done it before. So, you know, I think it to be a good thing to, to be repeating uh, some of the songs that we're learning. This is a great song. And we'll follow that up with All Creatures of Our God and King a cappella to start the day. So, yeah. Let us worship. I sing the mighty power of God that in the mountains rise, and that spread the flowing seas of God and beautiful the of these skies. I sing. That His command buried all the stones away. I sing the goodness of the Lord that filled the earth with food. He formed the creatures with His word and then pronounced them. This one I order from thy home while all that borrows life from me is ever in thy care. And everywhere that man can be, thou God art present there. And all God's people said. Turn to song 344, and certainly as we are kind of in the season of creation, I kept landing on all creatures of our God and King, and one of the things that we've kind of learned to appreciate is us hearing one another sing. So we're going to sing all creatures of our God and King acapella today. All creatures of our God
1: and King,
0: lift up your voice and with
1: us sing. Alleluia,
0: Alleluia, Thou burning sun with golden beam, Thou silver moon with softer gleam. Oh, praise Him. Oh, praise Him. Alleluia! 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 Alleluia. Thou rushing when Thou art so strong, clouds that sail in heaven alone. Oh, praise Him. Alleluia. Thou rising, morning, praise, rejoice. the lights of evening find a voice. Oh, praise Him. Oh, praise yeah.
1: This time every week, uh, where we come before a most holy God uh, separated from us uh, more than we can imagine uh, within our own sin. Uh, so, we spend this time every week confessing that sin before Him, not because He doesn't know it, uh, but because uh, one, we're commanded to, and two, it helps us to see our standing before Him in and of ourselves. Uh, so, we're going to have a time just for a minute of uh, bringing our own sins to mind and confessing those uh, personally before your Maker. Uh, and then I will close us with a corporate confession. God, I would uh, confess that I tend to downplay and uh, divert from my own sin, uh, but that uh, any, any uh, falling short, any missing the mark of perfection uh, is sin in your eyes. God, uh, I would pray that our, our hearts would be drawn uh, towards you, And that when we see who you are, your perfection, your holiness, your righteousness, uh, that we would understand that we are not God. Uh, And that would drive us to our knees. We would confess who we are before you uh, because you are a loving Father also. Not only are you just, but you are also merciful. And we thank you for that today. In your name we pray. Amen.
0: The things of earth will go strangely then, in the light of His glory and grace, turn your eyes to the hills. Every knee will bow, every tongue will shout. All glory to Jesus, Lord. For Jesus, to you we live now. you behold you I see turn our eyes to Jesus, we see the reason for our forgiveness. And our, our scripture today is from the, uh, the reading through chronologically, it's from the passage, um, from Leviticus 5, 5 and 6. When he realizes his guilt in any of these and confesses his sins, of uh, the sins he has committed, He shall bring to the Lord as his compensation for the sin that he has committed, a female from the flock, a lamb or a goat, for a sin offering. And the priest shall make atonement for him for his sin. We no longer have to do this because Jesus was that sin offering for me. That's what for for me and for us. That's the atonement that we that has been made. Jesus was both the priest and the sacrifice. So now we can celebrate that what has been done for us. So stand while we sing. Amen. confession of faith. Read with me the Apostles' Creed. Believers, what do you believe? We believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified dead and buried. He descended into Hades, and the third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. In our Westminster, uh, or our catechisms from Westminster Catechism, question three, uh, 12, uh, I'll read the leader, you read the all. What special act of providence did God exercise toward man in the estate wherein he was created? When God had created man, he entered into a covenant of life with him, upon condition of perfect obedience, forbidding him to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil upon the pain of death. You can be seated. Our, as our... Ryan, we're going to take Our offertory uh, scripture today is Deuteronomy 16:17 Every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord our God that he has given you. God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for for interacting with us, for, for seeing us and creating us. And not just creating us and leaving us uh, in in a world that's acting and operating independent of you, but but being present in our lives, being there for us to call on, to, to pray to, to depend on. And God, you have... you. You've given us so much and then you have instructed us, Lord, to give. We thank you for that, for giving us an opportunity and even a command to be like you and to give from our abundance according to the blessing that you have poured out upon us. So God, help us as we honor that gift through financial contributions through contributions of our time, through contributions of our talents. God, thank you for blessing us so much that we can pour out of that blessing and bless other people. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
1: Good choice for today. Lord of all, to thee we raise this our hymn of grateful praise. Um, So today, uh, we are back in Genesis chapter 2. you want to turn there with me, um, and then you can stand uh, for the reading of God's word. This is chapter 2. Uh, we're going to do verses uh, 4 through 17. <clears throat> uh, These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, when no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground, and a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is the Pishon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Delium and Onkstone are there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. And the name of the third river is the Tigris, which flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. This is the word of the Lord. You can be seated. All right. <clears throat> so uh, we are looking at uh, the creation of man today. Uh, we first, in verse four, have this kind of poetic end uh, to the seven days of creation that we have gone through. Uh, so it's saying this is the end of it, and now we're kind of going back in time a little bit. Okay, we're going to go back to uh, some earlier verses, back to day six mainly. Um, and a couple things to notice here: uh, no rain, right? There's no rain falling yet. Uh, it's just the mist coming up. So keep that in mind. As you know, we move through Genesis. Eventually, we're going to get to Noah, right? Uh, and so keep that in mind. That Noah is actually the first account of rain that we have in the Bible. Uh, in case you were wondering why God chose the rainbow, um, not that you can't see small ones, you know, in some mist on the ground, maybe, but. You're not going to see a big one in the air without actual rain. Uh, It also might explain why nobody believed him, right, Uh, that the flood was actually going to happen. So uh, we're going to look uh, at some things here. Uh, We're going to first look at man created. So that's number one on your outline is man created. Okay. Uh, First thing is how. So that's A in your outline. How was man created? Interesting part here, if we look back at verse 7, uh, created in two ways, right? From two sources, kind of. The Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, okay? Uh, so, formed from dust, apart. this is the, the the earth, right? Now, how did God create everything else? You Remember? Everything else up until this point, God created by just what? Speaking, right? That's all he did is he spoke. Uh, But this time, he did not just speak into existence. Man, what did he do? I like some versions actually say he knelt down into the dust, right? Formed with his hands, right? This creature in his own image. There's something different about man, okay? Uh, something else to notice, if we move back, and there's lots of verses about this, I'm sure you could think of some more. I picked one, Joshua 7, 6, uh, putting dust on their heads. Have you ever read the Old Testament and read of people doing this, right? What is that symbolizing here? Symbolizing humility, right? Realizing that we are nothing apart from God, okay? We came from dust. So when we're putting dust on our heads in the Old Testament, we're saying, hey, this is where I came from. This is all I am. Okay. It's this morning, this realizing, hey, I am not God. Okay. And then I'm sure this is also maybe coming to mind for some folks. uh, Psalm 103, and it's also in Job 34, this return to dust, right? We a lot of times put this in our funerals. Right, we came from dust, and we will return to dust. Okay, It's this, this idea about understanding where we came from and what our standing is. But what's the other part? Okay? It is not just coming from dust. Okay, It's one that God made, fashioned, formed us from the dust with his hands. But then what does it say? Love this part, right? What's it say? He could have just given him breath, right? Could have just said, okay, now start breathing, right? Because even, even trees like breathe, right? The way that we understand biology, anybody take biology? We understand that trees kind of breathe, right? Not like us, but animals definitely, we got lots of animals that definitely breathe like us, right? So what did God do for all of them? He just said, okay, start breathing, right? But not for man. What did he do? Love this part, right? and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, okay? Breathed into him, okay? This breath, our breath, is straight from God. So, looking at B then in your outline, how this matters. What comes about because of this? Why does does any of this matter? So man has a connection with this earth, right? So we understand this dirt is where we came from, okay, this is our connection with earth. So this, the, the word here is actually not just man, but the man, okay? Uh, we, we use, in the English language, a lot of times our, our words uh, overlap and kind of mean a lot of sort of different things that are kind of related. Uh, but this is the man. So the word is ha-adem, and I don't know if I'm saying that right but I can spell it, it's H-A-A-D-A-M. And if you write it out, you can see something here. Okay, Ha-Adam, made for and from the earth. Okay, so this is where the definition of this basically comes from, right? Because we came from the earth, made for the earth. Okay, so this is what Adam means. This is where we get the name Adam, right? Because it's Ha-Adam, okay? Just the word Adam with an H-A in front of it. Okay, so when we see disobedience later, okay, we're not going to cover that today, but when we see that disobedience later, this connection then, notice what happens in that connection is that God curses not only Adam, but what else? He curses the ground along with him, right? There's that connection, okay? Man, the man, has a connection to this earth, okay? So if we look at Genesis 3, 19, it says, By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. God is defining Adam as dust, right? He is once again saying, hey, here's your name tag. Don't forget who you are, right? This little hierarchy we got going on here. Man, though, not only has this connection with the earth, but also has, like we said, this connection with God. The breath was from him. Okay, Uh, So we're reading through Leviticus. If you're following along with the the, uh, reading that some of us are doing, there's a bunch of laws in here, right? Uh, And I think it was Cody mentioned before. um, He said one of the laws carries kind of a pretty severe weight here, and that was what? Destroying another person, right? Murder. Why does that hold special significance? Because man is what again? Is this image of God, right? This holds special significance. You are destroying an image of God, okay? I still remember that sermon because the very next day, you know, it's a Monday, so here I am driving to work, and I think I told my wife that day, I kept telling myself, that was the image of God. That was the image of God. That was the image. I think I had to do it like 10 times. Okay, 840 is terrible. So, understanding, though, who we are, okay, is very, very important here. This matters because, yes, not only are we from the earth, but we are special in this we have the breath of God. So, one was man created, how and how it matters. So, point two here, after man was created, we had man commissioned, okay, okay? We had man commissioned. So man was created, and now we're going to read about how man was commissioned. So this is verse 8. It says, And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Okay? So he puts the man in the garden. Now notice who made this garden? God made the garden, right? God, it even says God planted, created, planted the garden. I'm um, side note here because we don't want to skip over anything. We have this description of these rivers, right? These four rivers. Now we can look at this and say, "Oh, this is really neat, right?" And it shows how God kind of creates this nice fertile area. But you study geography, kids, you understand that when rivers kind of divide, we get a lot of uh, nice fertile ground, right? So we have this wonderful fertile ground for this garden, okay, which is pretty cool. Now. What some people are going to ask then is, "Oh, we got a location now, right? We got four rivers. All we got to do is find this on a map. We know where the Garden of Eden is." Okay. Not to spoil anything, but later on in this uh, account here, we have this thing called the flood. Okay. Uh, so the Great Flood kind of wiped out everything all over the face of the earth and restructured everything. So sorry, but we don't know where the Garden of Eden was. <laughs> uh, and so if you're thinking of finding the Garden of Eden in some remote forest somewhere that maybe nobody's just gone yet. It's not happening. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. So, we have man commissioned. Uh, The garden, all of creation is whose? Whose is this? It's all God's, right? It's all his. He tells man what to do. He says, cultivate it. Okay? But notice that, does he even need the man to cultivate this? No. I mean, he, he had it just start springing up and providing food and fruit. Does anybody here have a garden? Don't you wish you could do this? <laughs> like, just, just look out there and go, boom. And there it is. Like, it's just fruit to eat. That'd be awesome. Okay? He doesn't need man, but he makes it and puts man in there. Okay? So I'm going to go back. And this is, this is something that I had to wonder about, okay? Look back at day three. Does anybody notice kind of a seemingly disparity here? Look back at day three for a minute in verse 11. So remember, we're in day six, okay? So this is back to day three, verse 11. And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation. Plants, yielding seed according to their own kinds. Trees, bearing fruit in their seed, each according to its kind. God saw it was good, evening and morning, third day. Now we're on day six, and it says in verse five of uh, chapter two, when no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not yet caused it to rain on the land. What happened? I thought we had plants, right? But notice what plants were talking about in day six. There's a difference here. Anybody catch it? What's the difference? There's no bush of the field, right? And and just in case, I looked it up. Guess what hasada means, what that that word for field means. Guess what that means? Field. Not a (laughs) trick question. Okay, It's where we plant stuff, right? You till it up and plant it. And so day three, we have all these plants. We have lots of trees. We have fruit trees, all of this stuff. But there's apparently plants of the field, right? Like we what well, this is Tennessee, corn and soybeans, right? Like all of that stuff, we plant, we cultivate, we grow. okay? So that's what we're talking about here is it says on day six, we don't have any of that coming up yet, and it even tells us why. because what? Man wasn't there yet, right? God's saving this for him, okay? because there was no man to work the ground so genesis 2:8 the lord god planted a garden in eden in the east and there he put the man whom he had formed now something else to point out again because this is all kind of building up to something at the end whose decision was it to go work in the garden <laughs> did did uh, you know adam submit resumes and say okay here's the different things i'd like to do no, God said, Here's a garden that I made. You're there. Okay? So keep in mind who's in charge here of this whole time. Okay? Man has not spoken a word. Okay? The man, as far as we know, hasn't said anything that we have recorded. And God just says, Here's what you're going to be. Here's where you're going to do. Here's your life right here. Okay? So this is man commissioned. What was he commissioned for is, A, was to work it, right? So he says, you have to work it, right? He says, I'm going to plant this stuff, but you have to work it. But he used two words, okay? It was work it, and what's the other one? The other one was to keep it, care for it, steward it. It's a little different, okay? You can, you can work at something, okay? I know uh, lots of us in here have jobs, right, where we go and work for somebody else. You can work for somebody else, but you might not be stewarding it well, right? Maybe you've seen or heard, certainly not anybody in here, somebody who might be working for somebody you know, driving a piece of machinery, uh, running the counter at the store, something like that. And they're not, they're, yes, doing their job, but they're not really stewarding it well, right? They're not keeping the place, okay? So there is a difference. So he is commissioned to work it and keep it. Because, again, one more time, whose garden is this? It's still God's garden. He did not give it to the man, right? Notice what he did. He put it in there to work it and keep it. Okay? So this is not the man's garden. This is God's garden. Okay. Because it's God's garden, we can go on to number three here, where man is commanded. So we have man created, man commissioned, and now man commanded. Okay? So we got two things. So A is, here's what you do. Okay. Do eat of every tree. And notice that includes the tree of life, right? What is that? What are the ramifications of that? The man was supposed to live what? Forever. As long as he obeyed, right? You can keep eating everything in the garden. We'll just keep walking in the cool of the evening. You keep eating of that tree right there and you get to live forever, right? Perfect world. This, this the man, right, whom we now call Adam, but created the man, was to live forever, half earth, half God, kind of thing, working six days a week, pre fall, working six days a week, walking with God in the cool of the day, perfect freedom in his obedience. Okay? Perfect freedom. We are not created to sit around all day, every day of the week, right? He said, you are supposed to work this in the garden, okay? Work. Again, just in case you missed it the first time, (laughs) pre-fall. This is not something that came about because of sin, okay? Which tells me that even when we get to join God again, is, is the idea that we're going to sit on clouds and play harps all day, is that really maybe kind of what we're created to do? I'm thinking no, okay? Pre-fall, what were we created to do? Work, okay? Work six days, have perfect communion with God, okay? Now, God knows who we are and what we need, okay? Okay? And this, this goes way beyond, and you know, here's my uh, cultural impact here, this goes way beyond he gets us, okay? This goes way beyond. It's not that he's just okay with whoever we are in our sin, okay? He made us, he knows us, he created us, fashioned us, knit us together in our mother's womb, knows the hairs on our head, knows us better than your best friend, A family member even knows you better than you know yourself. Okay? He's the potter. We're the clay. Which, by the way, should make more sense now, right? Knowing that we came from the earth. Okay? Way beyond he gets us. So that's what he said to do. So now we're on B. What's the don't? Okay? What's the don't? Don't eat of the tree... Of knowledge of good and evil. Okay? Now, I'm going to refer back to our catechism question today. Y'all remember what that was? I'm not even going to read the whole thing. I'm not even going to read the full question. Look at the question right there. What special act of providence? What does that mean? What special act of providence? That means God knew who we were and loved us so much that He said, Do this and don't do this. If I didn't love Lydia, I'd say, hey, there's a highway, go for it. Go throw the bottle around. Okay? Run out there. Okay. If I love her, do I have things that she can do? Yes. Do I also have things that she can't do? Yes. okay? If I have young people that aren't my own children kind of tell me something like, oh, my parents don't let me do this. I look at them and say, oh, good, they love you. It turns their whining into a realization that nobody's going to tell you not to do something unless they actually care about you, okay? So, don't Eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, because you will surely die. Obviously, my assumption is, I don't know this, my assumption is Adam might have thought that that would happen immediately, right? And maybe Eve too, because she only, as far as we can tell, heard the command from Adam. Okay? The command was given to Adam, the man. Okay? Don't eat of it, for you will surely die. Okay? Why? Why? Because God will not let him live forever in this terrible state where now he understands evil. Okay? As long as he was obeying and understood enough, he could live forever. But as soon as he was going to take that, he would have the knowledge, the understanding of good and evil, and God would not let him live in that state forever. Who does have the knowledge of good and evil in this situation right here? The only one is who? God. What does that tell us? The man had everything except he wasn't what? He wasn't God. We still see this. I look in the mirror and I still see this, right? We can have everything, we still want more. We can have everything, but we're still not God. God has the knowledge of good and evil. We want to to not only be man, we want to be God. But only one man was fully God and fully man, and that's Jesus. Jesus came, lived that perfect human life. He was the new, improved, not only improved, but perfect the man, ha-adam. He was the man. He was the new man, right? He is immortal and has the knowledge of good and evil. So, on the number four. <clears throat> Sorry, this one doesn't start with a C. What it means, okay? What does all this mean? Oh, we could go so many different ways, but we had to pick one, okay? Um, I think it got mentioned in our prayer time this morning that you got to get one through three chapters and one through the third chapter in Genesis right because that's the foundation of the whole Bible. That means that so many things can go back to this, okay? But we're going to do one. So what this means, uh, i got a quiz for you, okay? Everybody ready to take your quiz? It is graded by you. you got a pencil, okay? So you're going to write down the answer to this, Okay? And it's multiple choice, and there's only two. Who said this? Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou Romeo? So, before you answer, your two choices are right there on your paper. The answers are either Juliet or Shakespeare. Okay? Uh, Now, as you're thinking about that, uh, understand that we're going to draw this to our life with God. Okay? Okay? I'm sure you could kind of see who's who, okay? So who said this? Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou Romeo? Was that Juliet or was it Shakespeare? Okay? So I heard this years and years ago uh, as an illustration, and it's kind of stuck with me. I've always remembered it. Um, Your answer here can be very reflective of your view of God, okay? I would assume that most people aren't going to just assign it all to Juliet uh, because Juliet is a fictional character in a play uh, and can't actually come up with anything on her own. She's not even a person. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so what some people want to do is try to assign percentages. Okay. Uh, so if you're in the camp that is trying to assign a percentage of this, like some percentage here, some percentage there, adds up to 100%. Uh, we might not understand the relationship between writer and character in this story, uh, and it might kind of expose, when we, when we transfer this to our relationship with God, this might expose some of our conceit, okay? So this leaves one choice, which is to say that the words are 100% that of Shakespeare. And my guess is uh, some people are going to disagree, okay, and say, well, this analogy falls short, okay? Uh, And this doesn't really apply because uh, Juliet is a fictional character uh, and we are actually, you know, sentient beings, right? I'm a person, okay? I'm not just uh, this made-up thing, okay? Uh, But let's look at this biblically. Uh, What are we compared to biblically in the Bible, okay? How about a pot, okay? Um, How about clay, (laughs) okay? Okay? Over and over again, we are referred to inanimate objects, okay? Uh, So maybe the idea is um, that we disagree with that, um, but understand that every time I have heard anybody disagree with it, what do they say? They say, well, I am above Juliet, right? Okay, I am above that. But here's the deal. Guess what nobody ever does? Nobody ever disagrees with this and says, no, 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 that analogy falls short because God is so much greater than Shakespeare. So my question is, do you think we're closer to being Juliet or is God closer to being Shakespeare? For years, um, I've said that your theology comes down to answering just two questions. Okay, so these are the last two. So for B, the first question is, who is God? Okay, is God really God? Is he really the creator and sustainer of all things? Does he really know all things? Is he really everywhere at all times? Is he outside of time? Does he have complete control over all things in all creation? Does his influence stop at our skin, or does it permeate to all areas of our life? Do we just say we affirm all of these in principle? Or when it comes to the hard questions and situations, do we really believe God is God? We sang a song today in verse 4 and 5 right there. If you have a chance, I would read those again later today. When stuff happens, and it does, it has and or will in your life. Can you really say in thy service pain is pleasure? With thy favor, loss is gain. Storms may howl, clouds may gather, all must work For good to me. There is no way you can say that unless God is God. Have we redefined God to fit our views and our preferences? Now, some people are going to say they believe in God, but when pressed, it's actually not the God of the Bible. And the God of the Bible, His name is above all names, glory beyond comprehension, and holiness we cannot fathom. This is his world. We're just living in it. This is where Abraham Kuyper's famous quote There is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, Mine. Who is God? And the second question is Who is man? Is man really the clay? Is man the created creature? Are we finite in space and knowledge? Are we going to answer each one of these yes just because we think we should? Will we still answer these yes when it comes to hard questions and situations? Or are we, am I, still trying to be God? Do we still deceive ourselves that we have control when we do not? Are we still trying to put God in a box, contain, define, and in some sense control our own little God with a lowercase g? Will we recognize our relationship with God, our true relationship? Are we trying to establish parts of our lives that we have control over, our own little kingdom where we can be the ruler? If we try to carve out some little section of our lives that we have control, autonomy over, we are deceiving ourselves. But at the same time, we are God's special creation. Don't forget that part. We are the only part of creation where God stopped, formed us with his hands, and breathed into us. We do have a special place In all of creation. But don't forget it's still in creation. Acts 17 verse 28. In Him we live and move and have our being. So it's only in this obedience that we get to share in His glory. So I'm going to have these two guys come forward. We're going to pass out communion. Um, I would once again encourage you uh, that this is for believers uh, who have professed faith in God that understand that we are part of His creation and that we are not God. We are fallen, we are sinful, we are finite. And if you have not confessed those sins and realized who you are, Compared to the holy God, I would encourage you to let this pass. If you have if you have unrepentant sins in your life, this is not me, this is God telling you and saying, you should not partake in this. Because you're eating and drinking judgment upon yourself. I'm going to go back to Psalm 104, starting in verse 14 says, you cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine and bread to strengthen man's heart. That's why we like bread. <laughs> Every time we read that the man, man, body of man, I want you to understand Okay, that we would do well to think Ha Adam. Okay, because that's referring to what we would think of as Adam. Okay, we're all Adam, but the God of the universe let this sink in the God of the universe condescended Himself to come down into these four dimensions of space and time in order to become the new Adam, the new the man, and reconnect his creature to himself. We are dust, and to dust we shall return, but there is a resurrection. A resurrection where Christ overcame the grave, and we get to share not only in his life, not only his death, but also in his resurrection. This is one of the most amazing things, okay? Is not only that God created this universe, right? I mean that's that is incredible. But think about this. If we could somehow imagine this God <laughs> that creates all of this but then somehow fits himself down into it his own creation he fit himself into his own painting into his own play into his own pots right he brought himself down in to be a character in his own creation why for me for you this is the god we love the God who first loved us, the man. and He's never going to stop loving us because he died for us and he wants to share eternity with us. I'm going to pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for the man. We thank you that you have created all of this, that you brought us from your creation in this special way. And loved us so much that you made us in your image. And it's so much more than we just look like you. So much more than we act like you. We have your breath inside of us. Help us to see that about ourselves. Help us to see it about those around us. God, we thank you for your son, the new, the man that would come and live that perfect life, that you would redeem all of creation, starting with your image. Help us to see that we do this all for your glory. In your name we pray, amen. As they were eating, he took bread. And after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. And they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. God, we pray that we would see ourselves as a new creation in this new covenant, that you have redeemed your creation, your image bearers, that we would go forth today and this week in light of the knowledge that you have loved us so much that you condescended yourself to come down into your own creation, to die for your own creations when you did not have to. Your justice and your mercy were both shown to us on the cross. We thank you and we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. If you would stand for our benediction. I'm going to lift up my hands as a sign that this is coming from the Lord. If you would like to lift out your hands to receive it. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. And be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Praise God, from whom all blessings
0: flow. Praise